Welcome to Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services in Eastland, Texas. Tune in every week as we share important information to help you and your family live life on purpose. Insurance, investments, legacy and tax planning, and much more. All covered now on Life Planning 101. Here we are with another episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Matt Urban and Aaron Kennedy with you today to bring you a little bit of information. You know, it's uh, it's been awful noisy out there, hadn't it, Aaron? Yes. Oh, my gosh. So much is going on. Yeah. I mean, it's not slowing down any. It doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. Oh, and, and that's this week. Uh, there's a slew of data that came out today, uh, CPI, and what, what are they doing with you know European interest rates, and then tomorrow's producer price index. And I think you know, one thing to really think about is why do we care what those do? You know, why do we worry about if it's up or down or sideways? And because you know, those are just points in time, and so often they revise them anyway. So are you really getting clean data? Probably not. Probably not. But you know, we're, we're worried about risk, right? And I think risk means something different to each of us. But we talk about risk a lot, but we had some very uh, interesting questions the other day. We had a luncheon uh, for some of our clients, and we opened the floor up. We want to hear back their questions, their input. And we had some things come up. And one of them, you know, obviously gold, that's a big topic right now. And, and tell us a little yes. bit about what's going on. Why are people flocking to gold? And would it make a difference if we had it? Right. We, we haven't seen this kind of fear in the market in quite a while. And no matter what, how you look at it, it's just nothing but political risk. You know, and then if you're thinking about political risk, it goes even further than that. It's basically your currency risk. What is the money that you have? What is the the politicians or the government behind that money? How will that affect your spendable cash with the decisions that they're making? And uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that we don't understand going on in the market right now, and it's scaring people. You know, it doesn't seem that uh, the rule of law affects everybody. Let's see, we just did a a trade for um, with Iran ended up giving six billion away. Yeah. Um, plus, traded some people. It's, it's good to have our people back home. But th- these are things that aren't normal that we do and that how we behave. And just looking at the, the taxes, taxes got to increase, and we're we're going to be hiring a lot of different IRS agents. And yeah. you know what in the world is going on? And, you know, you listen, right? and it doesn't seem you get the truth. Or you get one story, and then a couple days later, you get a different story. And um, there's always a reason behind it, and it's always explained away. But, you know, stuff is scary. Yeah. Well, and and, and you're talking about trading, and I I, I heard this, I can't remember if it was earlier this week, maybe, where um, North Korea went over to pay Russia a visit. And that was only very, very few times he's left the country and he went over to flew over to Russia to talk. And they're, you know, they're trading basically, you know, utilities and staples for weapons so Russia can keep up with Ukraine because Russia's kind of getting it in the mouth over there. So, you know, and what does that even mean? Right. Because we know North Korea is not exactly the most stable place out there. But not at all. But that's another, you know, that's a political risk. But, you know, we look at that as a geopolitical risk. So it's, it's not just, Domestically, it's no, international. Absolutely not. There's so much going on. Um, Taiwan. I think there's some planes flying around Taiwan right now. Oh, that's, that's kind of yeah. kind of scary. You already said Ukraine. 
the whole energy complex. Uh, okay, like I may have mentioned earlier, the BRICS nations trading oil amongst themselves. There's just right. so much going on, and it's scary. So you said something earlier I really liked. Uh, you were talking about risk, and uh, risk is a little bit different from forever, but mm -hmm. what are you worried about? Sure. You're just worried about the market going up and down. Um, you, you've got it pretty easy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you worry about any of the other stuff, a lot of the times it's it's over-consuming because, you know, you just can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. I was on this morning. Uh, I used to like to get up and watch Squat Box, but it's so political now. Every commercial is political. So then I tried to move over to Fox, and then it's that's just bad. all political. Yeah. So I was like, where can I go that I can just get news and find out what's going on without somebody telling me how to be smart enough to vote the way they want me to vote? That's right. That's <laughs> right. Good gosh, leave me alone. Right. right. So, um, it's relentless. You don't worry about that. You're, you're in a good spot. Yep. Well, and, and that's the thing, you know, because the, the market risk, you know, that's often so much of what we look at. That's volatility. And that's really, that's systematic risk, right? That's yeah. that's normal. Just every day. You're not going to escape that. That's the same risk that you're going to burn fuel if you drive your car. Yeah. It's going to happen. You're going you're gonna to have volatility. Now, obviously, depending on what you invest in, you can control that volatility, risk versus reward. But, yeah. but I don't think, you know, when we look at what is true risk, and you've said this before, and I really like it because... It's not, is the price going to go up and down depending on who's on the news or what they're trying to force feed us? It's, is that company going to be there? Like truly be there five years from now? Yes. Right? Is that cash flow? You know, we talk about free cash flows a lot. Quality companies, stewards of their capital. Are those companies going to make wise business decisions in this madness of a world to be there two, three, four, five, 20, whatever years from now. Absolutely. That's the true risk. Up and down is not. Up and down, 18% right. every day, every year. Up and down, 18%. That's yeah, what we're not every get. day. Not every day. <laughs> every year, that's what you should expect. Sometimes it gets a little worse. Sometimes it gets a little better. But we know the volatility risk there. The other stuff, it's hard to quantify. Right. Well, and, and so I think when I think about why would I want to take market risk? I know that's not our, our true focus today, but you know we talk about inflation, deflation. Those are true risks. Yeah. Um, because you know it used to be, and it, it maybe still is. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way to fight inflation is invest in equity markets, right? It's been one of the most successful ways to keep up with inflation. Companies have to produce more goods, have to raise prices, have to pay their employees more. Those companies are things you're investing in. They keep up with inflation. They kind of set the pace for inflation in a yes. lot of ways. So that's a good good way. I think you can back it up even further than that. Just say you have cash flow producing assets. Okay. There you go. So that that uh, so we can throw some rent houses in there. Yeah. You know. Um, Commodities works as well, and those don't really produce cash. But you know, you got to be quick enough to move from one to the other. But that's that's how you beat inflation. You know, you gotta you gotta have something growing faster than how fast our money right. is disappearing. That's right. That's right. Or purchasing power, yeah. not our money. That's right. So 
you know, what are ways, because diversification, we talk about that a lot. And I know we've been camped on the market here the last few minutes, but there, we had a lot of questions the other day at our luncheon. You know, gold was a big, you know, digital currency, the government control. Let's talk about gold for a minute. We've got some people that are rushing to gold. We like gold as kind of a hedge in some regards, as kind of a temporary lending space. Different times, it makes a lot more sense than others. But there are folks that are going to gold bars, like burying it in the yard or or whatever. And, you know, we, we were kind of laughing the other day because... A gentleman out in the audience said, do I take my gold bar down to Walgreens and shave off some flakes to buy my medication? You know, like, yeah. well, no, of course not. But, you know, what? so what in correlation with a diversified portfolio, talk about gold and, and why we need to be there. Yeah. Well, gold is definitely a safe haven asset. It's one of the oldest currencies in the world. Um, been using it for a long time. So it works as a currency hedge. To a certain extent. When fear really picks up, gold is really going to pick up. But, you know, what what is the real use of gold? Like you were saying about the the shaving shaving off chips um, to pay for your meds. Mm -hmm. It can't can't work that way. So you, you would think if we got to the point that we were using gold as a currency, is our government here or not? Does the United States, if we're just, we're living here on an island, does the U.S. government still exist? And if that answer is yes, gold will not work. You know, they have roughly, you know, $380, $400 billion at Fort Knox. Or, yeah, I think that's right. They're still going to want to trade. You're going to want the U.S. government to trade. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you want gasoline for your vehicles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it would be helpful to have some semblance of a government to run the country. Now, they're going to have to have a currency to do these things. And the only asset that they have is gold. They're not going to let you use yours. They're going to issue paper and say, this is backed by gold. Right. Trust me. Right. And they've already, they outlawed this um, 50 years or so ago and said nobody can own gold. Well, they would go back to that in a heartbeat if that means that they could start trading and they can start, you know, paying out the, the people. So security... You know, these, that wouldn't exist, but you, you know well, what they, I mean. But the bottom line is the government would adjust the rules of the land yes. to, to keep in business, right? Yes, that's exactly right. And in order for gold to be a currency that you're going to have to use, going to be able to use, we're going to have to be going through a time of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. And Armageddon means no gasoline, no grocery stores, no hospitals. No, nothing. Right. So if we get to the point that you would use it, is it better to have gold? Or is it better to have wine and ammo? Yeah. Like you know, wine. Some coping mechanism. <laughs> yes. You know, food, that, but exactly food and right. fuel and trade and barter. And, you know, and we, we kind of joke about that. Right? I say we go back to the old cowboys and Indians days because that's, yes. that's kind of what we were back to. But, you know, you said something, you said something interesting, you know, gold a currency backed by gold and and i think the world is under the assumption that uh you know we talked about that brick and they're buying up all the gold and there's a big kind of uh hot button issue for gold right now people are trying to get their hands on it but that's i mean 380 billion roughly we just looked up gdp 96 trillion 
96 trillion dollars. Gold can't back that. No. This is very hard. Um, there might be about 10 trillion dollars in gold in the world because that's our estimate of what's been mined. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's one estimate. We really don't know. We said China's been mining gold back of the envelope stuff. Nobody knows what they've been doing. Sure. So who, who knows? But we do know that there's not enough gold to keep up with global demand. Period. So what the prices come down? Does yeah. gold values go up? Right. And then you gotta think if, if we're all moving to the gold standard, things aren't good. No. So I, I would really suspect prices to come down to meet the amount how of much gold. gold we have yeah. and not the other way around. We can't right. be really strong without money. That that's right. Well, and you can't you, you know you think about you know digital currency and that came up as well the other day. But you can't Venmo or PayPal or Cash App gold. I mean, you can paper gold, not physical gold. Not physical. I can't, um, you know, if I go make my car payment or my house payment or the grocery store, you know what I'm saying? They want that digital flow of assets. And so, you know, we're kind of headed that way. And really that's, we get backed by the full faith and credit of the government. And I know that's wavering it's not necessarily unwavering it's kind of wavering at times but that's what we have to have that faith that it's that it's right but you know talk to me a little about digital currency because i think that came up in a way that you know the government kind of it gives them a little bit of control right gives uh-huh. them the transparency you know tips are going away you, you know you can't pay the neighbor boy to mow your lawn because they would have no way to spend that money if you paid them cash so if they take something great but most time you're gonna you're gonna have to pay them well paying them is gonna there's gonna be ledgers and transactions and and taxes etc so what are some of the i guess digital currency it's great for convenience but there's more control but talk to like pros and cons of that a little bit i think uh you know this is a big fear that's been going around that the government has been actively and openly talking about this central bank digital currency and um being that it is central bank the ledger will be held by our government. So they will know every transaction that comes comes in and out. 100% transparency. Right. So you can't tip the boy anymore. No. You know, no. they're, they're going to realize that if it's ever Tuesday, that's an income. You that's know? right. So yeah. where this is really hammered home, it's, um, you know, when Ukraine started and all that, we started throwing a lot of sanctions on these other countries. And helped their currency just disappear. Mm-hmm. So globally, this is this is really scary. And a lot of countries don't want to be holding their lifeline in U.S. dollars knowing that if you make us mad, we can make it go poof. Right. So how do we make transactions in the future if the world currency, which is the U.S. dollar, um, is 100% controlled by the U.S.? And so you're going to have to have different kinds of currencies. Right. But... Those other currencies aren't being used for a reason. You know, we either don't trust them, it's not stable enough, right. you know, we just not enough there. You know, so um, like vol- like volume, you can't yes. transact big enough. Yes. Yeah, I got you. So how do you make it safe enough and trustworthy enough to use it? Yeah. And hey, let's back it up by gold. So a lot of people are thinking that. There's going to be a huge rush on gold by some of these other countries to start backing their currency. And then once that starts happening, gold will be able to trade freely 
and it will not have the um, trading restraints on it that kind of depress the, the price of gold. Yeah. So that, that's where that's coming from. And the CBDC, it, it's going to happen because there is a lot of lost tax revenue through these tipping services. Sure. You know, but then the U.S. government, they'll be able to know what you're spending your money on. They'll be able to dictate what you're allowed to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. They'll make sure you pay your taxes. They will make sure you pay your child support. Right. You know, and they will also make sure that some of these rogue countries aren't buying nuclear weapons and that kind of thing. Right. So the black market, it'll never disappear, but it's just going to get a lot more difficult and taxes are not going to be falling through the cracks. All right. Well, and, and you said something interesting was, you know, kind of rogue countries, if you will. And we talked about, we talked about break just briefly, you know, Brazil, Russia, India, China, those, those two other countries are trying to create their own currency. I, I don't know if they're trading in rubles or what they're buying Russia oil. They're, right. they're trying to get trading away from us. themselves without dollars. Right. Yes. But, but it's like you said, you know, are those countries, countries that you'd want to do business with anyway? And most people probably say no. So it's almost like, am I going to go trade amongst the pool of, not that they're all thieves, but you know what I'm saying. Do right. I go trade in an unstable, I don't go jump off in the black market because it's like, I, I think it's fun. You know, yeah. that's that's in a sense what that is a little bit. It's an off market. Um, but I don't know if we want to do business with them anyway. No, I don't, most countries are not going to. You know, the closest one is India. And um, India just came flat out and said, we're going to do what's best for us. There you go. You know, they wouldn't really consider them a rogue country, but, you know, if they can get cheaper oil going through Russia, they said they're going to do it. Yeah. And they're open about it. But again, they're going to get to the point of, is the Russian ruble, is that worth right. this risk? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I'm getting it 5% cheaper, but the first time something goes, poof, right. the Russian ruble drops by 10, 15%, they're out. They're in trouble. Well, that, and then what if everybody decides to not play ball with Russia like they did, was it yes. go a year and a half yeah, ago, right. right? The ruble plummeted. Yes. So does India say, hey, if I want to do business with anybody else, I've got to hold something else. And now my ruble is worthless. All right. They, there will be a learning curve <laughs> for sure. Isn't that funny? History uh, repeats itself. People, yeah, people got to pick over. up a book, you know, over and over. Uh, it's going to be interesting. There's going to be a lot of moving parts when it comes to this. Yeah. yeah. But well, you know what? If this is what keeps you up at night, this is what you're worried about. And you really, you can't put all of your eggs in one basket with one type of currency. You, you really can't. And, and you need to be able to look around and see what else you might be able to spend in the future if these certain things happen. There's lots, lots yeah. of currencies. Well, even think, even think, you know, that just sparks something very simplistically. You know, we talk about, you know, a lot of people tithe, right? They give to their church. So a very small example of that is if I only have an IRA and I want to give to my church, I can give equities, like shares of, of stock. I can give distributions directly to the church, right? There's ways to do that. There's ways to gift businesses and gift, yes. you know, that's just one, that's so small of a, an example, but that just, that's the way you need to be thinking. Options. There you go. There Not, you go. This is the only thing right. you can do. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, 
things rarely turn out the way we expect them to. That's fair. So hedge. If you're worried about the U.S. dollar, um, you know, own some gold. Yeah. Own some silver. Own some oil. Yeah. Own some some crypto if you need to. Own, own some right. Some other sovereign currencies. You know, and hedge your bet. Own some dollars too, because you could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody else might be a lot worse than we are. Right. You know, as bad as everything is, the U.S. dollar is still extremely strong. And that's got to change before any of these other things start to work. Yeah. So, yeah. No, you I, sit on that for 10 years, 15 years. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> I, I think that's super interesting because because I think when most people think of diversifying, they get that small picture of what risk they're trying to diversify away from. And it's not, you know, Target versus Walmart or, you know, Ford versus, you know, you know whatever, right, Chrysler. So it's, it's, uh, it's so much bigger than that. And so we're doing things to mitigate that risk, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, things in the portfolio. And so some of them are different than we've ever done. And so tell us a little bit about what we're trying to mitigate against right now. Well, a lot of this, it just all comes together. You know, we're looking at political risk. And then we're looking at, I mean, we were talking earlier, we can boil this down to two things. You know, political risk and um, inflation. Inflation. And inflation versus deflation. You know, Mm -hmm. one's up, one's down. But uh, that's it. That's how we need to design our portfolios. Mm -hmm. That's the risk we're going to go against. Here's a caveat. As long as we're still okay with the 18% up and down. Right, 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 right. Market risk. Right. Well, there's, there's ways to get half of that. There's ways to get a third yeah. of that. But we're talking about true risk because that's the, the volatility of some of our more aggressive portfolios. Right? right. And then we can obviously taper it down to whatever people can stomach. But right. um, anyway, okay. We market runs at 18% volatility and we're, we're typically in the high 15s. Mm-hmm. 16. So we, we are a lower volatility investing firm, but still, at the end of the day, well, 16 to 18, if the market's down, we're going to feel it and it's not fun. Right. Yeah. So the pit in your stomach doesn't feel better or worse by 2% when you're down 18. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, on that political risk, we've moved overseas with quite a bit and we've taken, so we got international equities roughly about 20%, and then we still have our 10% dry powder. So, I mean, as of today, that's going to be allocated there. We're still kind of waiting for something to happen in the market. So we're doing that, and we have some of our international equities hedged against the dollar, and some of them we're letting run freely. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of depends on the country, specifically Japan. Um, I know we're hedged against that. That That's a country of savers, so the yen's goes down right value so we want to edge against that but still we want the opportunity to own different assets or different companies in other political jurisdictions Mm -hmm. that we can make money on right so we want to go there and then we're also looking at world so we focused a little bit more on commodities we do have some strictly commodity funds so we hog belly silver corn all of that stuff and then we're also using some managers that are kind of big in oil. So uh, that's a great world currency. Um, so we're invested, not heavily, but 
you know, five to ten percent of our portfolio is there. Um, which that's, a, I mean, that's a decent chunk. But when you think about what is the stuff that we're comfortable with, it's because you know, domestically, I think we're some of the highest production we've ever been with what's going on with. Remember, I know prices are going up, shutting it down internationally, but we're we're kind of comfortable with that commodity in this state. Yes, yes, absolutely. Production is going up. The, the economy is acting very, very strange. You know, the, misbehaving, and it's misbehaving. Misbehaving. You know, our consumers still spending money like drunken sailors. Yeah. So we want to be able to take advantage of that as well. So going back to the risk and inflation and all that. So if, if we can say, hey. We, we've kind of hedged against a little bit of political risk. Or, mm-hmm. Now, what do we do about inflation and go back to the consumer spending? Manufacturing, before we get to consumers, manufacturing is very weak. We are in a recession from a manufacturing standpoint. Yeah. That's not necessarily bad. If, if you look at the big picture, you look at where the market's at, and the market is begging for the government to lower interest rates. We need an excuse to stop this increase in interest rates. Mm-hmm. Well, we got a good one. Manufacturing is in the toilet. <laughs> well, we, <laughs> we had a good one when they broke the banks. Yeah. And they, that wasn't good enough. That right? wasn't good enough. So then yeah. we ran our manufacturing down. So I'm not sure they're catching those signs. They might need to right. call Fed Powell and see what he's doing up there. Yeah, he's wonderful. Raise interest rates, uh, fight inflation, and then uh, make the banks whole to increase inflation again. Right. So right. we really didn't think a whole lot through that. If we'd have let the banks run on that, we would have probably, would have already probably been done and inflation would have been. Yeah, but but we did it. Going back to the political risk, um, on the consumer, if if we already know we're in a recession from a manufacturing standpoint, what has to happen to the, for the consumer to slow down? There's a lot going on in that area. Um, you know, we got to start paying our student loans again. Yeah, that's some very right very, now. very big money. And the money that's going to be paying for those student loans were was things that were being bought at Walmart or new vehicles or, or whatever it is. So that's going away. The COVID savings that everybody had, you mm-hmm. know, got those big checks from the government, threw it in the bank. That's gone. Gone. Yeah. Um, consumer debt is way back up. Consumer debt is is extremely high. So there's not a whole lot that can happen that will send the consumer over the edge. And then the Fed's going to have what they're right. looking for. They're going to get instant gratification. But. Yes. Inflation will go back down. If we come into a recession, it just has to. Not going to be enough people that have jobs, or even if jobs are still at, what is it now, negative 7% or yeah. something, something yeah. silly. Um, even if, if we're at full employment, the income is not going to be there to, to keep this up. Well, it's it's not. It's already it's softening big time. Yeah. With the inflation-adjusted income. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not there. Nobody's really gotten a raise through this. The, the, the money that we printed on COVID, is, uh, everybody's paid it back now. And that's in eggs and oil and, and, and everything else. So the consumer is it's hanging on by a thread. So how do we hedge that? You know, so we have been safe. Uh, that's kind of a big word. Um, we've been trying to control that risk right. quite a bit. We, you were talking earlier about um, staying in super high quality companies that can adjust mm-hmm. um, their pricing. 
up or down. We don't want a whole lot of companies with a bunch of debt that are kind of stuck. It's either you pay me this price, that's three times what it was, or I go bankrupt. Or I'm out of business right here. Yeah, yeah. We, we, don't, we don't want to be there. And we want to have some dry powder in case this finally happens. We can get start bidding on some great company debt. And, and that's how we're set up. And, you know, this year has not been fun for, for that. No. And we touch on it a lot. And just to reiterate, there's been pockets of greatness in the market. Oh, yeah. But as a whole, the market is sucking wind. Yeah. Instead, the only pocket is the one in your jeans, that little bitty one that you can only fit a dime in. You can't get it out. Yeah. You get it in there, you're not getting that thing back. Yeah. Seven companies wants to drive in the market right now. And it's been fantastic. S&P year to date is up 16.7. There. Energy is up five. Real estate's down two. Mm-hmm. Healthcare, down two. Staples. Cereal, soaps, yeah. dry goods, down three and a half. Electricity, down 8.8. After the summer we just had? Yes. It's still down. Yeah. The summer we just had, and energy's basically flat and utilities are negative. Right. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Basic materials, up five. That's good. good. Financial systems, up one, one and a half. Industrials, up six. Technology, 37. 37. There it is. Here's your outlier. Seven stocks. And a lot of it has to do with AI. Mm-hmm. We didn't touch on that, but we had some questions on AI. And, you know, I think for the most part, it, there's been a lot of AI developing and it's getting smarter, smarter, smarter. But what does that look like? AI is, I mean, I know there's a lot of positives and negatives, but I mean, for the most part, what's your consensus on it? Um, twofold. Since about the 70s, if you look at a graph to GDP or our country's output and then the medium wage here in the U.S., uh, GDP's continued to scream upwards and wages have been flat. Oh, really? Since the 70s. Wow. But, you know, think about how that came to be and, it, and its productivity, uh, computers, automation. Mm-hmm. Just technology in general has driven the ability for one person to do the work of 10 or 20, mm-hmm. you know. AI is going to do the same thing, and, it, and it's going to be on steroids. So we don't even have one person doing the work of 10. We have one computer doing the work of 10. Right. So, yes, life will get easier. Information will be so much easier to get our hands on. But... We're going to have a direct effect on employment. Mm-hmm. You know, people are going to lose their jobs over this. There's going to be a lot of output that is just going to be taken over by government. And if we don't have as many people working, that means there's not as many people paying taxes. So the U.S. government has to figure out a way to tax differently. Right. So, hey, now we're turning back into why do we need this CBDC? Right. That's you know, right. Um, it's all coming together like this perfect storm. From a Terminator standpoint on AI, I'm not even worried about that. I was listening to people talk the other day, and uh, the average, the, the AI com- computer, you know, it, it has about uh, the IQ of the average human person. Okay. You know, so um, it's not a mastermind that's ready to take over the world yet. <laughs> now, they're also working on the supercomputer, which is right. like a higher intelligence. 
intelligent being. Yeah. And that might cause some problems, but as of right now, we're not really worried. Uh, think about AI as your, your secretary calling, setting appointments, mm-hmm. ordering a pizza that you like, and then... Right. You know, making sure the door's unlocked at the right time and, you know, things like that. The little nuances that you don't really like doing, computer's going to do it for you. Right. But um, lots of taxable income's going to be lost. Employment's going to be going down. And not that we have time to get into it, but that's where the thought of the universal basic income, right? If we basically put everybody out of work, then we got to find some way to pay them. So it's... I mean, it all folds together so delicately. You know, it's like a zipper. One little cog gets out, you run right off the rails. And so um, I think the biggest thing, it's go back to the basics like always. Stay disciplined, right? Stay disciplined. Get your risk right. Get something you're comfortable. Shut your news off. You know, if you need something, you call us. Don't try to navigate this alone. It's a whole team of us here. The news is so depressing. doesn't matter. It's every channel. It's it's every channel. It's something. Can't, you just can't get away from it. You need to create a new uh, news station, and we only talk about good things. Well, but Blessings th- think about that, beautiful though. people. Think about that, though. Um, you know, TikTok, Facebook, some of these podcasts, YouTube channels, right? These people have a massive following that just basically blows away the ratings for the actual news, like the mainstream media news. And so it's there and you, you can find what you want. You know, if you want to only know good things, there are things out there, right? I think that's great. And I think that's the way of the world, but the news, the mainstream news itself is just trying to use all the old scare tactics. You know, it's so they've done a great job. They have done a great job. So let's branch out. I had a, had a client the other day tell me um, that she loves watching YouTube videos. And I thought that was so awesome. She said, she said, I learned so much. And she gets down rabbit holes of YouTube videos, but it's educational stuff or gardening or, you know, and it just, she said, I just love it. I just, you know, I'll, I'll look up an hour later and it's like, oh my goodness, but just oh, buried yeah. in the stuff that means something. And that's what, that's what we need to be doing. Don't bury into any of the mainstream stuff. Find stuff. Go find our closest family member and hug them. Spend some time with them. That, that's exactly right. I mean, we need to step away from all this nonsense. You really can't change it. No. no. Can't, can't change a thing. And, um, you know, there's only a couple of important things in this life. and Family and friends, that's number one. Right. Faith, so, family, friends, right. Grab them, hug them, love them. Yeah. You know. Let us worry Share about the rest story. of it. Yes. Right. That's good. That's good. Well, we ran a little long day, but before we get wrapped up, any other last thoughts or, or comments? No. Hey, um, go outside. All right. It's not 120 right now. It's absolutely beautiful. Not in a lightning storm. There's a disclaimer. Make yeah, sure yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we're getting, finally getting some rain, but it's great. So, yeah, that's good. And I, we've, got the, we've got the Schwab merger. We're right in the thick of it. If anybody has any trouble, call us. Yes, we've got, us. got a team of people that are ready, prepared, and willing to help you get anything you need done. And so don't try to do it alone. We're here to serve you and take care of you. And, and uh, we want the best for you so you guys can live life on purpose. Take care of the good stuff. So, um, Aaron, if nothing else, we'll get signed off today. Another episode of Black and White Market Chatter on Life Planning 101. Thank you for joining us for Life Planning 101, brought to you by Smart Money Group and Kennedy Financial Services. 
If you have questions, you can email them to lifeplanning at kennedy-financial.com. Don't forget to learn how our sister company can assist you with all of your tax, bookkeeping, and consulting needs. You can find out more at briscoeandassociates.com. Be sure to tune in next week for more Life Planning 101. The opinions expressed herein are those of the firm and are subject to change without notice. The opinions referenced are as of the date of publication and are subject to change due to changes in the market or economic conditions and may not necessarily come to pass. Any opinions, projections, or forward-looking statements expressed herein are solely those of the author, may differ from the views or opinions expressed by other areas of the firm, and are only for general informational purposes as of the date indicated. Securities offered through Calton & Associates Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, member of FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Smart Money Group, LLC. Kennedy Financial Services and Smart Money Group, LLC are separate entities and are not owned or controlled by Calton & Associates Incorporated.